keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> total. Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome everybody to Total F and Marks. I am the king of sad style, the man with the largest calves in the world, the St. Germain event. Joining me as always, Sergeant Slaughterhouse, Scotty Chaps, Andy Cups, Robert Karpolis, and joining us from WrestleZone, uh, we met at StarCast, Dominic D'Angelo. How's it going, Dominic? Good, brother. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's quite the wild week we've had. So starting quite a wild on. week. We're glad we're yes. glad uh, you're on here to talk about it with yeah. us. And uh, hello, Zach. Hey. <laughs> Way to bury the lead. Jeez. Before before we get to the ten count, uh, I want to say rest in peace, Pat Patterson. The time that I met Pat, uh, he was. T- awesome i met him at starcast uh he had a great sense of humor when we did the roast of bruce pritchards everybody was kind of giving him one and then afterwards we all hung out it was like me and and pat and mike lawrence and scott scott r scott scott chaplin and i think like sean waltman was there and he just told us stories about the royal rumble were you there for that scott yeah uh, briscoe was there Briscoe was there. That was so fucking cool. Anyway, he would he told us about like, you know, how he would book the Royal Rumble and you know, so much the so much of the parallels between that and the musical theater he really enjoyed. Just a genius listening to Meltzer's um bio on him today. By the way, Dave Meltzer didn't know what gay was until Pat Patterson. <laughs> when he was eleven thing i've ever heard he's like yeah i didn't even know that was a thing uh, he put the full nelson on him and he didn't let go <laughs> yeah i listened to, to the opening of Meltzer uh today and he was like he was like you know uh i, I might have known about pa- pat's life more than pat no that's not true but pat did tell me that once pat patterson doesn't get the respect he deserves as a worker because if you go back and watch that wrestler's house you mean by talking to dave Meltzer and pretending to be interested well beyond that watching that legend's house where he oh right. comes out i'm like it's like the worst kept it's like ron simmons coming out and be like guys i don't know how to tell this to you but i was uh, i'm, I'm african-american yeah, like they yeah. all knew uh, and he sold it so well too i i love that let, let me let me let me tell you something with with uh this is how that pat patterson dave Meltzer exchange went down it was dave like pat patterson was backstage dave Meltzer came up with his fanny pack and like a really tight bruiser brody shirt and he's like he's like hey did you know that you did this in, in japan in 1971 and then you did this in in portland in 1982 and then pat patterson goes ha, uh you know more about me than i know about me and then he goes do I? and then pat was gone that's exactly how that exchange <laughs> went from the beginning For to sure. the end Pat took a drag off the sig, and that was kind of it. He walked away. That was all. <laughs> but we uh, we saw Pat sing. Uh, what was it? My way, right? My way. Beautiful. Played on NXT. We saw him sing that at Starcast, and yeah, it was a really cool moment for sure. 
I thought it was really neat too during the roast. Like him and just I mentioned this earlier, like him and Gerald Briscoe just interacting with one another is really, really cool and just like an experience of like one of a kind. I'm like, holy shit. Like that like I thought the Bruce uh Pritchard uh roast was the best part of that sarcast and like it really capped off with like Pat and Jerry at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, We'll miss him. Uh, Yeah, no, I was going to, I was going to genius Robert. I was going to dive him just for a second. It was, it's funny because it was challenging working with Pat uh, just because he wasn't part of weekly booking calls. He wasn't part of daily meetings. He would just be at TV and we'd have producer meetings and Pat wouldn't know where we were going with stories or anything like that. But anything he would suggest to Vince would be the gospel and Vince would forget everything we were doing for weeks and weeks at a time. He's like, we'll do what Pat said. And we're like, well, you just undid the next six weeks of television. He's like, no, no, no. Pat knows what he's doing. Like Pat doesn't know what the fuck we're doing, but we're just going with it. Robert um, gives the worst in memorium speech I've ever heard. But I was, but, I, but I will, I was, Christ. it's a, it's a positive though, because that was yet. And you're talking about what, you know, what annoys you about him. <laughs> fucking Pat, Pat. No, he was, he was great. And the last time I saw him, we had him at the, at a Panther game. We did a something to wrestle with Bruce and Conrad and he was the special guest. So I got to hang out with him all day and he was at the game. And uh, I kept trying to explain to him, you can't smoke a cigarette in the building. Uh, but he didn't give a shit. He's like, oh man, we're in a suite. And then he was backstage. We're getting ready for me to have him come out. And he uh, he fell asleep in the chair. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fucking terrible. So I had to go wake him up. He immediately walks out there right on right on cue. Didn't skip a beat. He sang at the end. He was full of energy. It was fucking great. And I'm like, I'm glad that's the last memory I have of him. There's always something cool about somebody uh, smoking cigarettes and dying at 79. I mean, you fucking beat life. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Holy shit. Damn. A lot of cigarettes, a lot of poutine. I didn't know he was sick. Was was it known he was sick? I wasn't aware of it. I had no clue about it, actually. Like it, Dave mentioned today, like he had a bit of dementia too, I guess, or with onset dementia. I, I did, yeah, I definitely didn't see that a couple of years no, ago. No, neither did when I. I was yeah. with him. Yeah, I I uh I wonder how he was able to live uh till he was 79 with smoking cigarettes in the wrestling because oh that's right no pussy uh he didn't care about women that's why <laughs> that's, he, it. That's, <laughs> it. that's it all right let's get to the 10 count number one does this mean we're gonna have to start fucking watching tna now uh your new either impact or aew world champion kenny omega i love the mat last third of the match i thought was terrific the, the beginning i thought was a little slow uh, but I thought uh, I'm really interested to see where this is going. It, it seems to be that they're going to make this kind of really focused on Kenny and they're not going to do a full scale invasion, which I think is the right move in this scenario because there's ba- there's maybe like five wrestlers in impact people really want to see right now. Uh, I don't think people need like a, a, hu- a huge invasion or anything like that, but you know, like something similar to like when ECW invaded, uh, you know, in 96, I believe on Raw. I forget what year that was. Or 95. I think it was like 97, 90. Yeah, I think like early 97 or something. Early 97. It wasn't like into 97 when they were already like up and running. Yeah. But anyway, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, I, I, I'm excited about it. Uh, it depends on how this plays out, obviously. What do you guys think? Let's start with you, Robert. All right. Um, so I've already started out by, by burying Pat Patterson, even though he just died. So everything else is going to be fine afterwards. Uh, 
the match didn't totally work for me. I thought parts of it were strange because they were telling two different stories. John Moxley has made this all about all he gives a shit about is the title. And at one point he had Kenny pinned. He had him dead to rights and then rolls out of the ring to bring the chairs in to go do that, that bullshit spot. It's like they, they weren't focusing on what his story was. Was it he cares about keeping the title or does he care about getting revenge on the guy who, who attacked him? That part of it was a little... That was a little weird. And then the sitting in the chair slapping things was a little too cutesy for, for me, especially because, again, he had him pinned. He didn't pin him. And now we're going to the we're going to do the fun stuff for the fans. You have to pick a lane. Um, this, this whole impact thing, I know that's our next our, our item yeah, yeah, yeah. on the list. So I'll save it for there. Uh, the, the execution at the end, though, with uh, with Kenny selling the injury and then him and Don fleeing after with everybody like shaking their fists like villagers. Uh, it was kind of interesting. It was a weird little bit of chaos. I like Tony Khan's disheveled, like, what, what are you, what are you guys doing? Like I, it was that, that part of it, that kind of chaos, it was kind of intriguing. Yeah. Scott, you were saying that you wanted Gallows and Anderson to be there, right? I mean, dude, I, fa- I fantasy booked the hell out of this match. Like once they announced it three weeks ago, I've been fantasy booking like a maniac. I did not expect uh, an impact angle at all that was shot it was so shocking and i mean it is number two so i'll get to the match in a second but when don Callis goes uh you know we'll tell you tuesday i thought he botched i was like oh my god you fucking dummy it's wednesday and then when he said you know impact uh, on access i was like oh okay that's really fun that's really interesting um yeah, it definitely it de- you definitely have that feeling of like how much cooler would this have been with new japan if we of could course try- of course but hey man you never know you know impact works with new japan right we'll see they referenced okada a bunch in the match kenny did a drop kick like okada i thought there was a lot of great moves in the match i thought the last 10 minutes was amazing i will agree with robert that there was some weird things going on when it came to direction um moxley was kind of a heel i mean aside from not going for the pin when when he uh, when he did the paradigm shift and getting the chairs he also did a paradigm shift on the heaters and while they checked on kenny he dragged his ass back in the ring and tried to beat him so if you think about it kenny hitting him in the head is yes it's a heel move and it's very obvious he is a complete heel now but you could make the argument and i hope kenny does make the argument that uh that he was playing fair until Moxley started playing dirty. Uh, but no, I, I, I did love the match, though. I, I watched it three times. <laughs> I watched it three times. The and, the I mean, dude, look, too many commercials for sure. Uh, and, and it dragged in the beginning a little. I mean, they were outside a lot in the beginning, which really irritated me. Uh, I thought the ref threw out dynamite. Like, they, there was like four obvious like ref situations where the ref should have just called the match or something. It was like four different times throughout the show. I like this I as an it. audio podcast and all four of us keep nodding in agreement as <laughs> if anyone listening knows what's going on. Oh, yeah. That yeah, makes man, total sense. This match was, it was, it was good shit. Um, I, I will say, and I've been saying this forever, is Kenny's theme song, which I do listen to, uh, you know, every every so often throughout the day. You're making uh, love to your girlfriend. There's a part in the theme song where it, it goes back to the New Japan theme. Uh, you hear it like it like kind of swoops in and you barely notice it when he makes his entrance because they usually cut it off. But it's timed perfectly. I'm not saying they meant to do this, but that moment that him and, and uh, Callan go backstage, Callus go backstage 
and uh and jr starts you know they start piecing it together this is a screw job this is a screw job uh that old cleaner music comes in and that's when they walk past tony is as that music kicks in and it was just a badass moment for me walking past all those guys it was like pure pandemonium kenny not only turned heel but turned heel on like the company like on everything he turned heel in a way that i don't even think i've wrapped my brain around yet uh it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I guess, I guess, yeah, we'll see what happens on Twitch on Tuesday. That's how we're going to watch it. <laughs> and then Wednesday, I hope they show what happened on Twitch. That, that's my one bummer about it, but I guess we'll get to that. All right, Dominic wearing his newsy hat. What did you right. think? Well, I think um, I'm, I'm really with you guys in a lot of ways. Like the last third of the match, it really stood out to me. And I thought they met the end game, but all the build to it with it, not only like Kenny, promoting it as like a legit one-on-one match like just forget all the garbage he essentially said and then let's have a match they didn't do that and like it went all that bullshit went on to the outside and you're just like all right and then it went on forever to scott's point about the refs it was an ongoing thing throughout the evening that like drove me nuts and especially and you could tell it was driving jr nuts too because he's like hey get the fuck back in the ring you know and it's just like so but to the point of it uh I think they really met it and but if they kept it clean and like more uh structured throughout especially on mox's side where he didn't do as much if he didn't do as much heelish stuff i think it would have really hammered home the point that hey this is a screw job and like you know um exiting out when you know mox like kind of like what you said like throwing him back in the ring and all that stuff seemed underhanded and really um made it a questionable like is he a heel baby face what's going on exactly here I think if they kind of like streamlined it a bit more to be a more clean match for the most part, and then ending up getting all that schmazz at the end, I think it would have been a little bit more effective, but I think they ultimately made it. And it was really, really cool at the end. Well, especially, you know, they harped on like the Tony was amazing during all of this, but, but mm-hmm. the whole, you know, they had a gentleman's agreement. What happened to this gentleman's agreement? And it's like, okay, yeah, but Moxley murdered him on the outside. Yeah. And, Actually, I think the match was better than it came off on television. Um, I I think something about Daly's place, the sound doesn't quite catch because they're outdoors. I think the camera angles where they are for some reason doesn't pick up everything. That when Moxley dove out to the outside and Kenny V triggered him in the face, uh, that second angle, they should have showed that again and slower because he drilled him. There was a lot of moments in this match where there was so many stiff, insane moments insane moments that didn't really get the the due that they deserved because of angles because of where they were because of the fact that you knew they were freezing their asses off man that ending when kenny's just delivering v-trigger after v-trigger he's killing him and it looks amazing and then he goes to pick him up for the one-winged angel and and it's like kind of dead weight and there's a heaviness to it and you remember oh it's like 30 degrees right now and they are spent. I felt bad for Kenny when he was running to the car at the end because I knew he had just performed for 30 minutes. And, you know, in that kind of weather where you're, you, when you're breathing in that Scott, kind of cold you air, you're like, in love with Kenny Omega. Now dude, I loved this shit so much. Right? So, all I did today <laughs> was just I wish, like, I wish somebody gave him a shit. scarf on his way to the car. <laughs> well, like, Scott's favorite part of this match was that the girls weren't there to distract Kenny. Oh, and he's like, oh, all right, brother, you still knew a I love that. I loved that, and I also hated that when they went to pull the curtain thing, it, like, got stuck a little. Did you notice that? that yes, no, I, I missed that. I missed that. I mean, dude, there was a few – the things that irritated me in this match were, like, stupid. Like, the fact that it was so cold that 
they they couldn't really sweat much and so kenny's hair became like a fro instead of getting wet uh there was a few things man i thought hey, both of their weren't though. that great <laughs> I, i've seen kenny in better shape and moxley in better shape uh but all in all it was killer with like i mean the coolest angle of the year for me uh in turn well let's get to number two so we could talk oh, about I, the coolest. I, I really like i think that my, my only knock on moxley and I, I think he's really great in the ring but you know moxley can't really have kenny's match kenny has to have moxley's match and i feel like that's almost all of john moxley's really great matches are when the person comes to his style whether that's Brody Lee or eddie kingston or kenny omega he's just he's got that bro and look there's great wrestlers that are like that you know rick flair is one of them but yeah i don't know that that would be my one knock number two the new invasion uh hopefully with no stephanie or shane this was uh this is the new invasion i, I guess that uh, AEW has not bought Impact. They have a working relationship with Impact. It seemed to be more of a working relationship than they have with the NWA. I'll start. I'll start with you, Dominic. What What are some things that? What are you excited about this? Uh, are you Are you kind of carbon neutral on it? How can they fuck it up? How How can they pull it off? I'm like pretty. I, I think I'm more on the side of like cautiously optimistic about it because right. There's like there's certainly uh, some names in Impact like the Good Brothers you got. I love Willie Mack and um, different oh, guys. Yeah, he's like one of the best, and I feel like he's so underutilized there. And um, I think if you get those names, but you don't like yeah, you don't go the whole hog where you put everybody in there and like you mix it because there is a lot. Like I mean, I cover Impact Weekly on the site, and uh, there's a lot of bullshit on there where it's just like you don't want that muddied up. Like a lot of comedy stuff that's like it's very hit and miss and it's just like you don't want to mix it up with AEW but um I mean it's kind of weird because yeah like throughout this whole thing even when Don Callis was on commentary for the match I was really expecting like a more new Japan infusion rather than impact I didn't even really consider impact till he said it at the end and um so I think going into it uh I'm yeah I'm cautiously optimistic if they incorporate Kenny as almost like uh, a new power figurehead maybe there and like really pushes back against AEW. I think him and Don Callis can get something cooking pretty well, but yeah, like, and you incorporate the good brothers, which is like, I think their biggest uh, name tag they got in impact. Um, I think you can, you can definitely get something going. Robert. All right. Um, I'm trying to uh, <laughs> like the, I'm guessing Tony Khan is getting a tax credit as a charitable donation for working with <laughs> Impact. That's the only thing that makes sense. Either that or he's such a fucking mark for Kenny Omega. He's going to do whatever Kenny... Like, he's worse than Scott. He'll do whatever Kenny wants. <laughs> this only hurts AEW in the for the following reason. Impact is such a damaged and dinged and, and fucked up brand... AEW doesn't benefit at all from being associated with them. There's not a single person who's watching Impact on whatever UHF Impact station. It's so airs. bad you can only find it on Quibi now. That's what I'm like. It's, exactly. It, it airs like it's VHS bicycle system. It gets sent to you in the mail once a week. So there's no one who's going to watch Impact who's going to be like, oh, now I'm going to go watch Dynamite. You're you're not making uh, probably most likely you're not making TNT or your advertisers on Dynamite thrilled that you're moving some of your big angles to another show on another network. I'm sure Access is thrilled that you know they're going to get eyeballs on it, but it doesn't help AEW 
at all. It feels like they're working with an inferior brand that you're you were outsmarted by a lesser organization, which is which is really bizarre. On top of which, you can't do any kind of invasion because AEW, we've talked about this before, has a huge ballooned roster. And they don't even have time to get to their actual guys. And, and when we get to the Diamond Battle Royal, I was going to get into that a little bit. But they only have two hours of actual TV. And they have a pretty solid roster from top to bottom. So integrating anybody from Impact, you're stealing spots. The only guys, I looked at their entire roster, it'd be great to see Gallows and Anderson It'd be great to see Motor City Machine Guns for a one-off and a tag match. The real benefit might be the women's division because the Impact women's division is amazing. It's tight. That's going to be a benefit. But but that's not enough for Kenny Omega to be like, I'm going to hijack the AEW title in order to be able to bring in, you know, Jordan Grace. Uh, And then the the last little thing that kind of annoyed me was when when Don was leaving and he's like, we're going to talk about this on Tuesday. And Marvis like, we are Wednesday. AEW Dark airs on Tuesday, and even they don't realize that show is on fucking television. <laughs> well, but my, uh, my <laughs> the, the one thing I was thinking though is like maybe that is Kenny's move. Kenny was booking AEW's women's division, and the lack of talent made him so depressed. He's like, I got to get to Impact and book their division as well. Uh, before I get to Scott Dominic, do you know anyone who are just anyone left? Anybody who's left who's just a pure Impact fan? Like no AEW. No, honestly, no, I fucking don't. Like I, I, I was trying the one day, like, um, there was a discrepancy. We get sent, uh, you know, a screener ahead of time to cover it. And, uh, I got it. Oh no, I wasn't getting it one week. And we were kind of concerned that we weren't going to get it. And I was like, Hey, how else can I watch this show? Like, I didn't even know you could watch it on <laughs> Twitch. I was like, is it still available on Twitch? Are they still doing that? And so luckily we ended up getting the screener and everything, but it's like, no, there's, I mean, you really have to dig deep to try to get into impact. Like you want, you got to make an effort to find this show. And like, and that's, it's to Robert's point too. It's like, it is a damage brain. Like over the course of the years, it's been something that's like been Michael Myers, but like not intimidating. Like you like this, you tried to kill this fucker and it hasn't died. And like, it keeps coming back and you're like, I don't know how this thing's still around. And it's the, the return is not, I think some of the stuff they do, the talent they have, like Chris Bay, Willie Mack, there is, there is names talent there that you, that has, and even the rascals who just left, like, there's names there, but it's from the, if you watch it from start to end, there's some, there's some moments, but overall it's like, what are they thinking? Uh, there's a lot of like, just bullshit that doesn't stick. Right. Mm-hmm. Scott. I am, uh, I am hoping that on Tuesday, which again, I, I heard they filmed impact until January already. I think you're uh, about right. Yeah. I know they yeah, filmed way so, in advance. So this is, you know, and the lineup for next week's impact, which it's going to have the most eyes it's had on it in years. Uh, and the lineup isn't insane. You know, it's, it's de- it definitely isn't tailored for an aud- the audience that they're expecting come Tuesday. Uh, I am hoping that, that Don and Kenny kind of also distance themselves from the impact brand on Tuesday. And what I mean by that is, I hope they don't go like we are TNA impact and, and much more. They go into business for themselves. And this is, you know, these are guys now, whether they grab a guy or two from impact, like a gallows and an Anderson, whoever. Um, and it's kind of like, we are taking over the wrestling world. Uh, this is what Kenny's been saying since new Japan. It's, it's what he referenced last week in interviews about wanting to work with WWE. Um, 
he wishes, and he, he did this with New Day a few years ago when no one thought it could happen. He really wants wrestling to be this thing where everybody can share everybody. And, you know, there's a, there's a fluidity to it. So um, it's, like, it's like wipe swapping, but in the wrestling world. Yes. And I think... Put your keys I mean, in look, the bowl. Which is actually what they do in the wrestling world. What, what, what I hate about, you know, the, the relation, AEW's relationship with AAA is like they barely acknowledge it. But, you know, Kenny is one of the champions. And he's wrestling at Triple Mania, uh, I think against Laredo Kid in like a week. Yeah, Laredo. Back, right, like next Saturday or Friday. So he's going to Mexico to to defend that championship. He's going to be an impact on Tuesday. I mean, this is in within one week. He's going to be on three separate brands. Uh, he's if I'm going to push a storyline, it's going to be he is the world's champion. He's going to have the AEW title, have him scoop up Impact's title. You know, if there is an eventual relationship with New Japan, try to see it go there. But he's this guy who's in it for himself. He doesn't give a fuck about the company. He cared about AEW for a year. And what did it get him? You know, he tried to help out with the women. Everybody shit on the division. You know, he, he helped team up with Kenny. What did that get him? A fucking drunk. You know, these all these things. He's going to business for himself with Don, who him and Don set up the Jericho match at Wrestle Kingdom, which made AEW possible. Don Callis is, is a brilliant they're, they're, they're going to acknowledge that on Tuesday. And it's kind of like, look, I wanted to change the wrestling world. AEW didn't let me. Me and Don are going to do it the same way we did it last time. We made AEW. We didn't get the credit. You know, fuck everybody. I hope that's what they go with. But be, because otherwise it's, yeah, they don't win. I, Impact wins, but for how long until fans go, ooh, then it's a lose-lose on, on, on both ends. So I, I did see a Bucks interview today where they acknowledged the impact uh, agreement and they said it's baby steps. They said, you know, don't expect an all out war right away because that's not what is going on when it comes to that relationship. So but it's we'll not see. a real war. It's, it's like Grenada. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, when Thatcher invaded the British. Uh, what did she? She invaded the Falkland Islands. Falkland Islands. I just yeah. finished the Crown last night. That's the only reason that was like readily available. We can we can spend the rest of the show talking about the Crown. Um, I, I saw the, some of the Diana stuff. It was really good. The show was excellent. Um, yeah. Not enough Kenny Omega for Scott's liking, but still a pretty damn good show. I feel like Kenny Omega and Princess Diana would have been BFFs. Oh, they, would have, they would have hit it off, no doubt about it. Same oh, hair. Car sped off the same way at the end of uh, at the end of <laughs> what? what? Oh man. Uh, number three. Oh, there's Sting still more. Is back. <laughs> it was. Uh, I don't think anyone here is gonna shit on the execution. I mean, it was. It was pretty. Pretty no, awesome. On the execution, man. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? What did you hate? What, what did you hate about it? Okay. Entrance-wise, yes, I actually thought it was awesome. I, I dig the whole winter is coming thing. Well, that's Turns kind of out to be sting, right? I like the snow coming down. It, it matches. Scott, your your jacket's brushing against your microphone, so oh, it really, sounds like really, you're really. stepping through leaves, okay, um, okay. frolicking in the uh, in the fall. <laughs> okay. time. So, I I loved the entrance. I loved the music actually. I listened to that music again today. Good good entrance music. Blah 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 blah. Here's my issue. Um, Cody and Darby win the match. Yes, they get jumped at the end, but they did win the match, which means they can beat Team Taz. Uh, Team Taz starts beating them down. Fucking Dustin comes out for reasons. What was that about? That didn't make any sense. Arn starts getting beat up. And I actually, so uh, the way I watch AEW, I don't have TNT. Um, You know, I watch it how I watch it. 
and there's a minute delay, okay? So I'm watching this beatdown that felt a little too long after I thought Darby shouldn't have won. I, I don't think, uh, you know, this new team should be losing uh, so quickly. I'm uh, with but you that on gets that. overshadowed by Sting's return. But I say this, why does Sting return in this moment? W- what is he doing? Rallying the troops for what? Team Taz? For it's, selling it's his kind shirt. Of like on pick your spots. And I get it. And, and I saw Meltzer say this and a few other people say this, you know, like y- y- they wanted to make this happen before Christmas so they could sell Sting merch. And I, I just don't understand it being this moment. It's not a huge moment where they need Sting to clear the ring. We see beatdowns every week. I just don't quite understand his purpose. And the disappointing thing is we will, well, the good thing is we will find out Wednesday. He is being interviewed by Tony, which I thought Tony was awesome during this. Yeah, he was. That got me. Tony got a little emotional. Uh, I, I did think that execution was great. T- Tony um, got, yeah, he worked emotional. But we know, know. we know Stinger sucks at promos, man. So, we're going into Wednesday with no matter what the explanation is, you know he's not going to deliver it very well. Yeah, I, I want to touch. I want to touch on that. He's not going to be taking any bumps. So is this true? I mean, that's what I heard on the Observer, but I've also heard that he can't. Like after that Seth Rollins match, it's like like it's a wrap. That's like, concerning. He, yeah, he's re- and he's in. The, he's sixty two, dude. Yeah. So he, he's he's not like I. I just don't. So, I mean, like, maybe as a – but the coolest thing about Sting is when he doesn't say anything and beats everybody's ass, and now what, he's going to be a manager or – I don't know. It's a mentor Darby. I, li- or- I, like it, I like it being Darby's mentor, but that's a big contract for that. What do you think, Robert? So, just first to Scott's point on the entrance, the, the thing that bugged me, and this is nitpicky, but I don't care, you build up to this surprise moment – the the you know the there's all the cool winter bullshit going on it would have been a lot more impactful if sting walked out rather than his name appear on the tron first it took away the surprise of it now i watched it uh today we're recording this on thursday so i already had a bunch of texts from people i saw it on twitter it's like sting was was trending number one in the world i'm like all right i'm guessing sting showed up it made no sense the way they booked this match it shouldn't have had a finish they had a weird WCW style glitch where they said that Brian Cage was coming out with Taz, and then Brian Cage didn't come out, and then he mm. showed up after, which was was kind of dumb. My hope is, and this will give me hope for AEW that they are cynical fuckers, and that the only reason they push this out here now is for merchandise sales for Christmas. That gives me hope that Tony Khan is kind of figuring out the wrestling business and it's not just about giving fans what they want because fans are fucking stupid and they they want things and then they get it and they're like, oh, I didn't I don't want to see Sting wrestle. Uh, Tony was you know, great. Robert worked at WWE creative when he said fans are fucking stupid. I <laughs> Yes, that was I thought that as we were like, you know, it's going to be great when we put animal with Heidenreich. This is going to fuck. This is going to sell, you know. We don't need Hawk. Uh, we, we've got John Hyden, right? Uh, You're covered. Shivani was, was great in that moment because he can do the big Sting return in his sleep. But mentioning that we haven't seen Sting on TNT in 18 years didn't really do him any favors to remind everybody Sting is a thousand years old and he can't really do anything. So the hottest stars in this angle are Taz, who choked out Cody, who can't wrestle, Arn, who got beat down, who wants to get revenge, who can't wrestle, and Sting, who chased everybody off, who can't wrestle. This is impact. I kind <laughs> of, I kind of <laughs> wanted to see 
at the very end, you know, when Darby and Sting had that stare down for like Darby to just start like crying in his arms, like Matt Damon and Robin Williams and Goodwill. And Goodwill, it's not just your dad like reenact that's what it felt like it felt like oh this is the only guy who gets me um uh, <laughs> and, and also like dude man brian cage is so annoying like you knew he just ran out with those shorty shorts booty shorts to like show everybody he could handle the cold like there's no reason that that guy couldn't have like worn a worn some jeans and, and a jacket right i don't know man it's just a whole <laughs> builder thing Anyway, what did you what did you think, Dominic? So yeah, I thought like the execution of the entrance is uh, overall well done. That's a, g- a good point about like his name appearing on the big screen beforehand does take away a little bit of that boom that that shot. But like the thing about Sting and what uh, really made him like elevate during the late '90s was him not talking and him like being you know that silent presence that's like ominous and looming and everything like that and i think they conveyed yeah, it's that the hamlet but yeah hamlet right doesn't talk yeah <laughs> and hamlet but doesn't talk. he's the opposite of hamlet actually <laughs> yeah and like i think they conveyed that uh you know through his entrance in the presence that he, he showed there but yeah it's it's a really good point that like you had yeah the, your big stars in here really cannot work you know and when it comes down to it you know you're you're shifting the focus from what should have been like maybe uh like team taz getting more over like a guy like ricky starks who's like i think on another level of like star power at like if they keep elevating him and um getting that win but like yeah darby's kind of like i don't know i liked how the stare down between him and darby because it did kind of feel like darby was gonna be on like isn't intimidated and isn't on is isn't afraid to be on Sting's level. Like he's not afraid to be at that level. So I thought that was a pretty solid con- like thought thing they got I wonder, across. I wonder if Cody is going to fire the cameraman for not getting his facial reaction to Sting. That's interesting. <laughs> you know that he that fucking irks him that the meme is now Darby and Sting and it's Darby not- and Sting's the big one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But they should have lost the match though. It just it. What, I agree with you, Scott. What is yeah. things explanation explanation going to be? I came out because you guys need to get it together. What do you mean? <laughs> we want a match. What the fuck? We're we're doing fine. We got people attack us because... all the time. How yeah. funny if you like came out and he's like, "Yeah, I was trying to say hi to you guys in the back, but I figured this would be easy." <laughs> hey, what's up? I'm I'm in Jacksonville for the night. Just wanted to say hi. Right. To also, Team Taz vanished. So mm-hmm. Sting didn't touch them. He just he just looked at he every guy and he was like, Darby, face paint, Dustin, face paint, Cody used to have face paint, and then well, he walks Dave, away. Dave and that was it. Gotta get to the down to the Florida ballot offices and make them recount the votes again. Make sure <laughs> Trump really won. Um all right, fuck this. Number four, Diamond Battle Royal. This was my favorite battle royal since at least Cesaro winning that first Andre the Giant battle royal. Everything made sense for me in this. There wasn't uh, a wasted, you know, elimination. It's, you know, it didn't really have a lot of, like, comedy spots like a Royal Rumble does. But, I, you know, I, I was really, uh, I was really impressed by it. And I thought it was like a, it was, it was a great way to introduce new fans to the product because you got to see, you know, like if you were watching AEW for the first time to see, you know, this big Winter is Coming match, uh, you saw, you know, you saw five of the feuds play out. Um, you know, do I think that was it a little bit overbooking to have, you know, uh, MJF push Sammy out and then Sammy, like the whole towel thing later on? I was like, I, I think I could have gone without the whole towel thing 
with the Frank Kazarian because they kind of do the towel thing at the end with Don Callis. It's just like, it was just too, it just, it took away from the Sammy MJF moment in the battle Royal, but yeah, I enjoyed it, man. I mean, I'm excited for the match next week. MJF versus Orange Cassidy is a really big match to just throw on TV without a buildup, but here we go. What did you think, Robert? Yeah, my, my comment I, I had in my notes was there were a lot of moments that they tried to build into this, which is which is good. That's what you want. The announcers were, were way off. I don't know what it was going on in this match. They they were a little disjointed and they couldn't seem to get on on the, the path of telling all the stories that were there. There was this and this this is why when I was thinking about the impact invasion it would be so rough because you had the Scorpio Spears storyline going on in this match. You had Matt Hardy's subtle heel turn where he eliminates one of the guys, a private party, and he's Not going after subtle, baby faces. Uh, all the stuff with Hangman and the Dark Order where he you know, falls back onto them like the Messiah thing. I thought that was interesting. The Sammy Jungle Boy spot on the apron was fucking fantastic. Oh, good. Dude, yeah, yeah. a glimpse of them working together, I'm like, I want to see these guys wrestle for like 25 minutes. Yeah, Sammy continues to he's he's impressing me quite a bit. And then the finish was a little overbooked because you had the the hero spot with Jungle Boy and then Jungle Boy gets dumped and you think you're going to get MJF Wardlow, which is kind of an interesting story. But then it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I forgot about Orange Cassidy. And then they were like, all right, we clearly need to get to what the finish is. But overall, I thought for a for a battle royal from from them, they've had some kind of rough ones. This one worked out pretty well. I loved how they started when you have everybody surrounding the ring and they just come up together. That's so much better than just seeing everybody come out. It's just such a waste of time. And I also was like, I had this moment where I'm looking at Colt Cabana outside. I'm like, why aren't they using this guy like Renee? Yeah. Young? Like, I, I don't, I don't think he, I don't, I don't think he, you know, like, look, I don't know if he needs to be like the wrestling player, but like this guy launched one of the most successful wrestling podcasts ever. He was the first guy to really do it. So, like, why don't you have him in a position like that backstage? So, so do you want him to be like Alex Marvez or like John Moxley's number two? Al Alex, I was trying to figure out which which Renee do you want him to oh. be. <laughs> well, I, I I want him to be more like Alex. I, I would think he would be a way better Alex Marvez than Alex Marvez. By like, oh yeah, what? I'm with you on that. Yeah, I think you know, like, like I like Alex Marvez, but he still looks a little bit deer in headlights. He's slightly disheveled at all times. Like right. they need to, I mean, when you make Shivani look stylish, uh, you, you need, you need to at least press your, uh, <laughs> press your, press your suit. Uh, the, I do also like that the inner circle worked as a faction should in a battle Royal when the three of them beat up Miro, yeah. even if it was heel on heel, which was kind of strange. I like that. It was like, Hey, we're actually operating like three guys that work together. It reminded me of how evolution used to work in rumbles and stuff like that. Here's well, since we're not going to talk about this uh, this match, uh, I just wanted to take a uh, just a poll. Um, do you think Jericho had a few drinks before this match because it was cold? Dominic? I think yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I hope so. This was the first time I was watching him, and I was like, he looks like an old man, and it was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> old lately, dude. He's got this, that. But and just the way he was working, it was like he just looked so blown up. And, and it could have been Scott's point before. It's really cold and it was tough for him to breathe. But he's fucking Canadian. His dad's a hockey player. Like, there's no excuses. He's a bit. He's got a big drunk head. And I know that because I come from an Irish family. And it's that fucking Easter Island head 
that only happened after years and years of alcohol abuse. God, what do you think? You think he drank beforehand? Yeah, I think he drinks before every show. I don't think it's. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's an uncommon occurrence. I think this yeah, is, think might be a regular in thing. In the contract. Even if it's like, oh, you know what? I'll do a shot. I'll just do a shot. Yeah. All right. Uh, number five. All right, guys. Hypothetical match, shoot match, Jake Paul or CM Punk? Scott? I'm literally Jake Paul every time, unfortunately. <laughs> like, it wouldn't even be – do you think it would be or closer than the Nate mm. Robinson fight or less close? Mm. I think it's the same result. I know that. It's the same end result. result. I don't th- – I mean – you know, does it go longer? I don't know because the Robinson thing was, you know, it's a knockout. It could happen to anybody. But uh, yeah, Punk would get his ass beat by by Jake Paul. Robert, I, I don't think Punk has a uh, uh, would have a prayer in that situation. <laughs> Jake so- Paul's bigger. He's younger. He's. I hate that I'm having to put over Jake. What the fuck is this show <laughs> where I'm saying positive <laughs> things about Jake Paul? I don't give a shit. It's number six. Dominic, oh, yeah. what do you think? Uh, I get, yeah, you know, um, I guess I'm gonna have to go Jake Paul. I watched the, the clip of him just knocking the fuck out of Nate Robinson, and I'm just like, he's a big dude. I think the the size is what's what's gonna matter in that one, and whether he's like streaming on YouTube and that's how he gets over. Like, aside from Punk, like you know, fighting Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam 2013, uh, it's just like, yeah, I think uh, Jake Paul takes it. Dan loves Jake Paul. Here's here's my thing about Jake Paul, is that he's an actual wrestling heel. He's what Baron Corbin is trying to be. Okay, he is a self-made millionaire through the most annoying medium possible, and he like you know he came from you know he came from a poor background. His dad was a roofer. It's not like he was born. There's an interesting character there. Number six, would you sign Logan Paul? Y'all know my fucking answer. <laughs> you mean so, Jake Paul, right? Not Logan. Oh, shit. Uh, Jake Paul, yeah, yeah. Logan Paul's his brother. I mean, six to one, half dozen the other. Uh, but Jake Paul, that's what I meant. I, I hate to say it, but yes, I, I think you have to sign him. Uh, here's why. He's like more famous than everybody in wrestling. He's oh, more famous yeah, than sure. everyone. Everyone. Uh, so you have you have to sign him as long as he's, he's willing to and the money is right. Robert, I mean, if you're going to work with Impact, you do it. Oh, he's he's a no-brainer to sign. I think the problem is 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 he going to be in on it? Is he going to let the fans hate him? There are some guys like I, I think back to uh, uh, what's uh, Britney Spears' ex-husband Kevin Federline when he was on, and he got that he was a heel. And I was at that Raw live when he faced Cena, and the crowd oh, fucking so hated great. him, and he played it up. And we we watched it on the Patreon a little while ago. It's like. When a, when a celebrity has that awareness, it's great. If he comes out there like Snooky and thinks the audience is going to love him, it would be a it would be a colossal fucking disaster. But if he plays up, you all want to see me get my ass kicked and it's never going to happen, it's a license to print money. Well, that's kind of what he did to sell the fight, though. That's why I'm saying. He's like, you all think I'm going to – I know you all want to tune in so I get my ass kicked, but it's not going to happen. Um, what do you think, Dominic? Would you sign him if see, Russell Brown had a promotion? If I know if I wrestles on out of promotion, I I mean from a, like a, a popularity standpoint, yeah, I think that is no brainer. But from like a personal standpoint, I'm just like I don't know if he really meshes well. Like he's got that heel attitude, but it's like uh, would he like I'm kind of on the side of like would he get it to an extent? I know he's he's kind of promoted himself in that fashion, but like 
is there that like I kept thinking like Rod Rob Gonkowski was gonna be something like he I thought he I thought he got it initially and then when he did it I was like this guy does not know shit about anything and I was like get him the fuck off my screen bad that was it was so so bad bad. so uh, it's like I couldn't even fucking talk no and I was like I I immediately thought like this guy gets wrestling like I'm sure he's got some sort of connection with it and no there's just there was nothing there so. I don't know. I'm kind of more. I like. There was another. The, who's the guy? Um, why am I losing his name? He said Summerfest. Jeremy Piven. He did a very good job, I think. Too. I think he didn't. He play into the heel role a little bit as well. No, no. He is. He was terrible when he, he was. He, he was just being himself. He he was yeah. unaware that he was a heel. Like when Trump got booed at the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony. Yeah. And he didn't understand why they were booing him. Uh, yeah. No. Jeremy Piven was just okay. There was somebody that stood out that I was like, he, this dude gets it too. I mean, and the I, best ever is still i mean is still pete rose he was the best ever i don't think there's ever going to be a celebrity heel better than that you know i mean just that fucking promo he cuts before kane comes out i still quote that all the time the i left tickets for bill buckner but he couldn't pick him up how about it, <laughs> how, like, about his own it? Catchphrase. <laughs> how about it and it was <laughs> over says it is so like condescending too he's like but he couldn't pick it up how about it (laughs) what he's doing one of the weirdest things i've ever seen i think i talked about this podcast but i was in vegas i don't know maybe this was the starcast but did you see when you walk past pete rose was just in a booth yes he was at a mall or some shit like that yeah Yeah. just like i think like doing like a radio show i don't know no he i think he's got a regular appearance at that place he he does there's a memorabilia store in like the caesar's uh shops or whatever where you just walk in and it's like it's like in basketball when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was just sitting in a glass box like that's Pete Rose's <laughs> life um he used to have a restaurant here in Boca like down the road from me and he would just be there and if you bought anything for like five bucks he would sign it for you uh and oh, it's awesome. it's just kind of sad but uh hey, you gotta do what you gotta do uh, this is an aside but speaking I think of, uh speaking of things that will sell uh Total F and Mark shirts on pro wrestling <laughs> If you guys buy one and you send a picture and you prove it, I will I will send you a, a personalized message. How about that? <laughs> what were you like saying, Dominic? I said I think uh, the best celebrity baby face. I don't know if you guys will agree with this, but I really liked Bob Barker. Oh, he was great. I thought he was the best. I don't know, like he just yeah, he was great. Barker was great. Yeah, uh, Maria Menounos was also great. She yes. was someone who I didn't think was going to be super into wrestling and get it, but she Dude. she played the the babyface role well. Dude, yeah. like her in that uh, New York Giants bikini after they won is still one of the hottest things I've ever seen. <laughs> anyway, I could have just kept that in my head and not said it out loud, but uh, I'm creepy. Number seven, go home show NXT. I thought it was uh, I thought it was a really good show. I, you know, they they kind of got uh, hurt by the fact that it was a huge show on AEW, but I mean, most things were, you know, I I love the Pat McAfee promo. If Jake Paul like took half of what Pat McAfee has, he would make you know millions and millions of dollars in the wrestling business. I, I thought there was a it was a great Pat Patterson tribute. I thought the Undisputed Era package was awesome. Awesome, I um, love that. I thought the Thatcher. You know, Choppa stare down. No, I didn't like that. I, I liked it despite last week them booking him to lose it. But, and, you know, uh, Shotzi and Raquel was okay. I'm glad Shotzi didn't die. But, you know, the wrestling. How many you know, ladder matches, man? 
what yes too many man the wrestling wasn't as good as an nxt show usually is but uh the promos and the packages were better so you know i thought it was a pretty good show what do you think yeah. scott no I, I i agree with you um i thought everything worked enough but i think going forward now we have two very different shows competing against each other on wednesdays um especially if I think there's more surprises coming from AEW. I just have a feeling. Uh, so I'm a little worried that they're going to try to change up NXT for that reason. Uh, we'll see. I don't think Sting is, you know, a huge ratings threat. Um, but I think Vince might think that. Uh, so we'll see. But yeah, I, I did I did uh, enjoy the show very much. So let me see if there's any specific notes. McAfee was great. Pete Dunne was great. That tag match felt like a waste to me. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it, it was, I think they- I did like the Priest, uh, the Priest tag match, man. Damian Priest, the last two weeks. Uh, yeah. I like, I think I like him. And I, I, I did not know I would be saying that. You know what? You know why he doesn't take his character seriously? Because if he took his character seriously, it would be death. He would yeah. just be like another. You know, Baron Corbin. I bring up Corbin again. But Corbin's gimmick in NXT, like dark, but I still am a badass. It would just be that. But the fact that he has a sense of humor about himself, I think, is is uh, is a little redeeming. What, what did you think, Robert? Top to bottom, I actually think I liked this show more than I liked AEW Dynamite. Whoa, just in the sense, yeah, just in the sense of no, no, no. I hate pro wrestling. I, I'm, give, <laughs> I'm giving a quantifying reason. Every segment on this show accomplished something. There was a purpose to it, and and I think every segment moved it forward. You're comparing apples to pomegranates, unfortunately. I think this was NXT showing that they are confident in the type of show that they're doing which is a very old school wrestling style show. Every yeah. segment on this show was effective and, and propelled things forward. I was, I'm more shocked than anybody. The Damien Priest uh, promo they showed from earlier in the day when uh, whatever Zima Ion's character's name is in, in Legato de Fantasma, he walks up to him and Damien Priest just kind of smirks at him, just throws him into the wall. It's like, that was, that's how this guy needs to be booked. The, the tag match told a good story. Cameron Grimes and, and August Gray, which is a throwaway match, was a great old school, like WWF superstars throwaway match. He's beating them with the yeah, strap right. after. Yeah, and then he looks over and it's like, oh, it's Dexter Loomis. It was, that was great. Uh, obviously the, the Pat McAfee promo, like that's what happens when you don't force somebody to have a scripted promo. Dude, he I want to give you a shout out. I thought McAfee was great. I thought Danny Birch added so much to it next to him like because if you look at birch was just like it was like that old arn anderson thing where he was like yes anding facially everything that pat was saying but he wasn't like do like he wasn't taking attention off it either it was it was pretty it was a great balance dude that that team rules that their faces scream steel cage like i just want to see those guys fight in cages all the time i i am pumped about i mean i looked at the war games lineup just like holy shit Birch surprised the hell out of me because we I had him at the we had him at the first MLW show and I didn't see anything about him where I was like, man, this guy has a lot of charisma and there's a lot you can do. And it was just like he seems like a perfectly competent wrestler. Now it's like, holy shit. The one thing that did strike me, and maybe this is just 
when Imperium was out there and they're talking about how they, they you know, how the German team wants to purify wrestling as a Jew, maybe a little uneasy. Uh, I got a little, yeah, a little nervous that their new gimmick is they're here to purify things. Especially like, in 2020. In yeah. 2020 in Florida, that makes you a baby face. That's fair. Uh, but then, and then even the, the main event ladder match, I thought the spot with Raquel climbing the ladder and then the, the big reveal, uh, of Io Shirai being part of the team. And it was like, that was pretty, that was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, Dominic. Yeah. I think NXT, like, you know, uh, sometimes like it's got so understated since the pandemics happened. Like I think what fans really look forward to, you know, every mo- couple months or so was that big feel environment that the takeovers would bring, you know, with that. And uh, it, they've had to make all these kind of adjustments and, like with the capital center coming into play and everything like that, I think they've, they've kind of, they're rebuilding an identity almost like hitting the reset button on, on an identity and um, having guys like somebody like Pat McAfee, who's just like nailing it with the promos being complimented by like Danny Birch and Pete Dunn and um, Oni Lurkin and stuff like that. I think it really states to their intention and what they want to move forward with. And I think, uh, I think, to Robert's point again, I think it's 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 a good build, and it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting too to see if they are gonna be reactionary to AEW or if they're gonna be more like okay, let's just stay the course on what we're working on and and build it out and make these events. Because I mean, the thing is, is like missing out on the world title with Finn Balor and Karrion Cross. It's like, you know, how long can you do that until it's going to be like, okay, we need some world title in the mix here. Well, that's why I wonder with, with McAfee and that group, you know, is, is this Sunday the last we see of that group? And then where does it, I mean, NXT really next Wednesday could restart every feud if they, if they want to. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get to some predictions. This card is a kind of a, a sneaky good card. Unbelievable. Yeah. Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Ciampa. I've got Thatcher for this. Maybe that's wishful thinking, but I, I don't know how you keep him in the upper middle card in NXT if he loses to both Kushida and Tommaso Ciampa. Then you're basically saying that he's never going to be at that level. So I, I think it's going to be uh, Thatcher. And, and Tommaso doesn't really get a lot by beating him. But uh, if it was the main roster, I would totally say Tommaso because this that's how they would do it. But here, I, I, I think Thatcher's going to win. What, what do you think, Dominic? Yeah, I love Thatcher. I loved his work in MLW and uh, just like the, the mat-based idea and his gritty attitude and stuff like that. He's one of my favorites out there, actually. But yeah, I, I, I got to lean. I think I, I just I think it's going to be Ciampa like, taking it. It's just kind of the vibe I'm getting. Like Ciampa's just... You know, uh, he's has lost, you know, several times and things like that. So I think uh, he's somebody that almost they need to hit reset on, too, if they're going to keep him around NXT. Robert? I think Ciampa's whole deal here is he's trying to beat respect into people. So I think what's going to happen is he's going to wind up getting disqualified for some reason where he doesn't break a hold. And he's going to do to Thatcher what Thatcher's been doing to the students. And that's going to be the way where you get a little bit of parity where Thatcher doesn't necessarily lose, but... Champa manages to to kind of put him in his place a little bit. Yeah, but Thatcher, like Jungle Boy, uh, needs needs some wins, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, look, I I agree with you that Thatcher does need wins, and he is one of my favorites. I think the thing about Champa is he already feels like a veteran. I mean, uh, 
obviously in NXT he does. And I think he's got to go. I think he needs to go to Raw or SmackDown. And look, if he gets ruined, he gets ruined. You know, it is what it is. But you can't live in purgatory forever. You know, like uh, yeah, I don't heaven know what... or hell, you got to go somewhere because I'm just watching him and it's it's all so dead. And it really does. Uh, it just feels like the they don't know what to do with him. And if you have him lose, I, I don't know. Champa, he's, he's like, uh, like Dominic was saying, he has had a lot of losses, but Thatcher needs a victory too. So I'm going to go with Robert. I think there's a funny finish because I don't think either guy could afford a, a, a loss. And if one of them does lose, they, they need to go to another brand. I like your tough love. It's like uh, you graduated high school. You're not going to college. Get the fuck out of my house. Go in the real world. Like, yeah. You're cut off. You're going to make a great dad, Scott. I mean, unless Ciampa's in a world title picture in NXT, I think he's got to go. I I think he's great when he's going after the gold, but otherwise he feels like he's being wasted. I know he's talked about before about not wanting – I mean, circumstances are different now, but he talked about not wanting to go to the main roster because of, you know, NXT based in Florida, his family's there, injuries, all that stuff. But now, like – that kind of changes. And, and he's also COVID. older than a lot of the guys in NXT, mm-hmm. I think. And, and, you know, I look at this and this Thatcher feud, and if he loses on Sunday, if Ciampa loses, I go, is this his role from now on until he retires in however many years? Will so, who do you, be, so who do you got? Thatcher? Will, he, will he just be helping talent? <sighs> I think it's a screwy finish, uh, like Rob, Robert said, for that one. All right, strap match. Dexter Loomis versus Cameron Grimes. Man, I, uh, you know what? Ugh, I'm going to go with Loomis for this. I, I just think, I, I, I don't think that uh, they're going to job. Uh, here's my reason that I'm going to go with Loomis is I'm going with Leon Ruff for the triple threat. And I think having both Cameron Grimes and Leon Ruff win at the same night is just too much. What, what do you think, Dominic? I think, uh, I think it's going to be Dexter Loomis too. Um I love Cameron Grimes though, and I feel like him. His run is like Trevor Lee and stuff, and the impact, and uh, you know, on the independent scene too. It's just like he's got so much more to offer than a comedy wrestler, and um, it's. I think he, they're he's getting defined in that way. I'd like to see him like get more serious at some point. I'm hoping they can do that, but yeah, I'm going with uh, Dexter Loomis on this one. Robert, my head says Loomis, my heart says Cameron Grimes, and and I. Uh, Look, for as much as Scott loves Kenny Omega, uh, I think Cameron Grimes has become my one and only. So I'm, I'm going to uh, – he's my ride or die to the moon, so I'm going Cameron Grimes. <laughs> Scotty. Uh, I think this feud needs to end, and because <laughs> of that, I think it goes to Loomis because if Cameron wins, uh, then they have to wrestle again. Then they're going to have like a spooky tickle yeah, toe. It's, yeah, it's too much. I, I think – I want Grimes to win. I love Grimes, uh, but I think – in totality, uh, Loomis needs to win the feud, and the feud needs to fucking end. So let's get it over with, baby. Zach? Uh, I think Loomis wins. Yeah, Loomis wins. All right, triple threat for the NXT North American title. I said Leon Ruff. I think this is going to be a really fun comedy match, and there aren't a lot of fun comedy matches. The story is going to be Leon basically being used as a prop while Gargano and Damian go back and forth. It's almost like another Gargano versus Damian Priest match, and the stipulation is Leon Ruff. That's kind of how I see the <laughs> match. Um, but I think Leon Ruff wins just because 
they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna take the title off Leon Ruff soon. But you can do that uh, the next week on NXT, and you know, either have one of those two guys get it, or somebody new just look dominant and kill Leon Ruff with one move and win the title. Uh, so that's who I got. What do who do you got, Dominic? I'm going uh, Damian Priest. I just think, uh, you know, t- to your guys' point again about how him finding that that rhythm of being that like dark but cool, laid back kind of humorous dude um, really he set a tone for himself and um you know i don't i i it was a head scratcher for me to take the title off in the first place because he's somebody that i was like man they gotta have him run with it for a while so i think uh i think he's just gonna pick it back up and maybe they'll keep things moving and they'll try to i think they'll try to get rough over in a certain way to maybe make him more legitimate but ultimately i think uh priest takes it scott yeah i i i think leon wins uh, now, whether it's Damien does a move to Gargano and then, you know, Leon gets that quick pin and kind of irritates Damien or Gar- Gargano gets, you know, hurts Priest and then Leon throws Gargano out and pins whoever. But I think Leon wins thanks to one of the other opponents in the match. That's Robert? My- that's my guess. Yeah, no, it's, I think, I think Leon Ruff wins. Uh, I think Gargano has been having a blast with this on commentary, making fun of Damian Priest, not wearing a mesh shirt this week uh, was just the, the absolute <laughs> best. My, my hope is Ruff wins. And then next week uh, he just gets murdered by Pat McAfee. Who's just like, I want something shiny. And if there's anybody that Pat McAfee can theoretically beat and get serious heat on, it's him and the, and the Kings just absolutely destroying Leon Ruff and him winning the North American title. I like that. Yeah. Um, a women's war game match. Team Blackheart, Shotzi Blackheart, Ember Moon, Rhea Ripley, NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai versus Team Loray. It's so weird that that's Team Blackheart when those people were the ones on the team. Team Loray, Candice Loray, Tony Storm, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez. I think this is the easiest one to pick. I think it's going to be Team Blackhearts. There's no way they're going to have Rhea Ripley and Ear Shirai lose if they're on the same team. It's just not going to happen. Maybe we'll see an Ember Moon heel turn, and that's why they have the face advantage. Uh, otherwise, maybe they could use that to get Raquel over as a you know a monster heel turn face. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be Team Blackheart. I think it's going to be a fun match, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Dominic? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be Team Blackheart too. And uh, yeah, this one, this is a match I think that's going a little, uh, going to be a little understated to just going into the show. But ultimately, I think it's going to be a big talking point after we leave it. I, I agree. I, th- I think the best War Games match we've gotten uh, in NXT was the women's match. What was it last year? I think, it, yeah, I think that was yeah, I mean, that, that was unbelievable. I think this match is going to be great. I think it goes to Team Blackheart. Uh, I think Tony Storm's going to really shine, though, regardless. Robert? Yeah, I'll make it a clean sweep. I, I don't – I mean, Rhea Ripley's lost too many times recently. She needs the win. You're, you're not going to beat Shotzi's team. The only way I could see Candice's team winning is if this is where Mercedes Martinez comes back from NXT shaking off the retribution stink. But I, other than that, I, I think it's got to be uh, Shotzi. Well, I didn't put Raw on the countdown, but how fucking weird – was that retribution moment when Mia Yim lost and her mask came mask off? Mask came off. <laughs> oh, <weird. Look. laughs> that was intentional, right? That was obviously intentional. 
I guess I we never mentioned, you know, it's just... It, they didn't acknowledge her that she was meeting him or anything. Uh, <laughs> so weird. All right, men's war game match. The other Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, Bobby Fish versus the Kings of NXT, Pat McAfee, Pete Dunn, NXT Tag Team Champions, Oni Warkin and Danny Birch. This seems like a no-brainer, too. It's going to be the Kings. The big question is, do they pull the trigger on the Undisputed Era as far as them breaking up? And I think they will. I think they'll break up um, at this pay per view. Fuck it. I'll 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 go out on a limb. What do you think, Dominic? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting point. I think I was more on the camp of uh, undisputed era taking the win, and um, just because you know uh, we haven't seen them, they've kind of been like Adam Cole's been gone and everything like that. And so like Pat McAfee's really establishing more self as a heel and getting himself over and getting that whole team of the Kings over. But I mean, I think you can make a story of them losing and still being all right coming off of it, it, it making it maybe to Roberts uh, the take that he has about like maybe McAfee going after some singles gold and stuff like that. I think that could boost them back up right away. So um, yeah, but I think the ultimate end game will be, yeah, somehow undisputed era does split up, but I think they win the match. Robert. I think it's gotta be the Kings because uh, Birch and, and Lorcan are the tag champions. I think, uh, Pat's going to go after the NXT North American title because I think that uh, they're making the clear path for Pete Dunne being the challenger for Finn once Finn is healthy and you're going to have these guys run rough shot. I don't think they're going to break up Undisputed Era simply because next week's Dynamite is all about will the inner circle break up and then it's going to look too much like uh, ants in a bug's life on opposite channels. Right, I, right. Have, I have children. I can't escape two this great, shit. Two great movies, though, and and it's very important to to. Live. <laughs> Woody Allen is a cartoon character. <laughs> I I uh I think the Kings are going to win. I do think Undisputed Era will break up. I don't think it's going to happen at the pay per view, uh, because it doesn't do numbers at, at a pay per view. Um. I think you're going to see a lot more major moments happening uh, on Wednesday nights from now on. So the breakup will definitely happen on a Wednesday. And I'll even say that we're going to know that the breakup is happening on a Wednesday. It's going to be borderline advertised for us to tune in and watch them break up. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be, no, at war games. No, but, but I, I think, I think Pat needs a win. I think he needs to stand tall with his team. Um, to show legit dominance or otherwise he just came back and lost again to what disappear and not do anything. I think he needs his ego fueled with a victory. And, and this is the one to, to do it. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Number nine, oh. uh, sticking on Scott. It's time for new Japan corner. Go for it, buddy. What up, man? Okay. So, uh, what one thing happened Wednesday that it kind of messed up the AEW main event for me a little bit um, when it came to fantasy booking and being overexcited. So Kenta, who uh, has a shot to face the, uh, the, the, the IWGP US champion, who is John Moxley, on Wednesday, he, uh, he Instagram storied uh, a thing. It just said, it's Wednesday, and then an emoji of a dynamite stick. And I thought, oh, he's going to help Kenny win the title. He's going to interfere. Uh, did we get that? No. We got an impact uh, joint, you know, the thing instead of New Japan, which was a major bummer for me. 
uh, <laughs> after seeing that 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 Kenta tweet. But they're still next Wednesday or, or Tuesday. Uh, we'll see if if Kenta gets involved. Uh, other than that, Dude, I mean, yeah, the Super J Cup. Do you guys know Scott? Do you know Dominic? Anybody? So Tony Khan said no, which is yeah, a weird Tony thing. Khan said so he will not be at Wrestle Kingdom, and yeah, the way he, he said it. it was no. Like he basically said, "Don't bring it up again." Next question, which makes me think either there's an issue and he's irritated about it, or he just kind of wants to bury the lead. Um. It's weird too because, like you said, Scott, like Kenny's going down to Mexico, and I, I, I mean, they have a better relationship with AAA, obviously, but I feel like, you know, that's it's just taking a risk again, like sending uh, your world champ down to Mexico, COVID, COVID land part two, and I don't know. You, you also have some TNA guys, uh, you know, being a part of the uh, Super J Cup, which is December twelfth. So TNA and New Japan have a relationship. Uh, you know, we had Doc Gallows on a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He said that, you know, straight up, he said they plan on working with New Japan. It's just a pain in the ass because of the pandemic. They're signed with TNA, too. Uh, I, I, I don't see why this doesn't, at, at least when it comes to Kenny, even if it's a talking point of I wanted to work with New Japan and Tony couldn't do it, yet somehow Don was able to do it. So I'm going to work with them because it gives me more options to go where I want to go. Whatever he wants to say, I'm going to, I'm going to freak out no matter what. He treats Don Callis more like an agent than an executive. That Don could... was great too, by the way. Good. He was good. Yeah. Even yeah. the way he said, you know, we'll tell you Tuesday and he goes, Marvez, like the way he said, Marvez, perfect on-screen character. I think he, I think he's really good. And they've been playing the seeds for, for a minute now. Uh, other than that, nothing. Oh, you know what? Today is the, you know, I wrote this down. Because I never even knew about this. I want everybody to look this up. It is the, let's see, what anniversary? It's been 30 years. 30 years ago today, New Japan held a show in Baghdad, Iraq. Do you know about this? No. So Antonio Inoki held the show, and it was part of hostage negotiate negotiations with Saddam Hussein. And uh, Antonio Inoki uh, had a show that was 30 years ago today, a New Japan show in Iraq. And because of it, uh, Saddam Hussein released 41 Japanese um, hostages. So yeah. Shit. yeah, so that's 30 years ago today. Great job, New Japan. I like, that, I like that Saddam Hussein is basically like Meltzer, where he's like, I got to get a New Japan show. Yeah. I'm going to kidnap these people in order to get you to come over. Like Meltzer's got, you know, dick to go in his basement. And he's like, you guys got to come back to San Francisco. Almost makes up for Antonio Inoki giving Muhammad Ali Parkinson's. Let's round up <laughs> our lists with number 10, Retribute. I don't know. This pop, man. T-Bar made me pop this past week. Uh, this is the Retribution tweet for the Black Friday sale last Friday, November 27th. T-Bar, 25% off all retro- hashtag Retribution merch at, at WWE Shop for Black Friday. With prices this low, we will put WWE out of business. Which is exactly what we want. Shut it down, <laughs> man. These guys are great. T Bar just had another tweet while we were uh, while we were doing this podcast. So really? Tony Khan actually, you know Brian Alvarez and, and, and guys like that usually post the uh, the ratings. L- let me read you the rating right now. The AW. Um, probably on my chat to you let's see it's right here so uh we have aw with nine hundred thirteen thousand. they didn't oh, they break didn't a million, break a million. 
Oh, but wow. 913 is great. NXT 658. Wow. They, yeah. Did they even make the top 50? Oh, I don't know, man. Dude, I can't read these things. Every time I look at yeah, them, I just kind of confusing. Okay. Uh, but then Tony Khan, Tony Khan actually tweeted the uh, the ratings, which is a little I mean, he literally not only tweeted AEW's rating, but tweeted NXT's rating. Tony Khan. Uh, Tony <laughs> Khan wrote, Thank you, great fans who made AEW Dynamite Winter is coming, a huge success for AEW and TNT drama. Uh, we got our best demo rating of 2020, plus a new AEW champion, Kenny Omega. Plus, Robert, what are you laughing? Memory. Saw the tweet. So then, get this. Then, so then he posts the rating T bar underneath it. T bar, one point seventy four million. That's what T bar told Tony Khan. <laughs> Man, I hope Man, they get rid of Retribution and just make T bar and Slapjack a team. That's the. This is the. Oh, That's what you got to do. Yeah, watch Slapjack win. I mean. Fuck, that is the. You can't make that. There's a world in which you make T-Bar's character like an angry internet troll, and it works. And he just kicks people's ass, like yeah, like a yeah. troll would actually beat your ass. <laughs> right, that's like something that's uh stand out. <laughs> yeah, that's already Randy Orton, so you're stealing his gimmick, <laughs> scooping his heat. Um, let's finish. Uh, last week, uh, I got a lot of. Uh, positive comments about our Undertaker playing some Undertaker cameos. We're going to play one more uh, on our way out. But first, let's get some plugs in. I'm Dan St. Germain. Buy our shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. For our Patreon this week, we are going to be covering NXT War Games. So check that out. And um, rate and subscribe to our show on iTunes. Dominic? Yeah, you can find um, me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. You can find WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. Go to WrestleZone, our, go to our podcast feed because we do, I do a show with my brother. We do two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude where we just strictly cover AEW Dynamite each and every week. And we're starting an AEW draft coming up on this Friday. So nice. we're tr- trying to do that. And then I started a new series like uh, akin to Tim Russert's Meet the Press where I have meet the wrestler. So it's a new series. I get like an independent wrestler on and I kind of do like a quote unquote kind of job interview thing with the guy and, and uh, get a uh, basis of who they are, what their philosophy is, all that stuff. And my first guest on there is Barrett Brown from Texas. Uh, really good uh, interview we did there. And then we just got a lot of just coverage and, you know, everything like that going on with our WrestleZone wrap ups each and every day. So yeah, just WrestleZone podcasts on there and check them out, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks Robert. for having me here too. Thank you, thank you, uh, thank you for coming on, Robert. Yeah, yeah, no, this was this was awesome. Really glad you. Uh, you everything. Even when I say something earnest, I sound like I'm being a fucking dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm no you're check. fine. You sounded fine, but then yeah. the evilness in your soul. Because even in my own head, I'm just like something sincere. Yes. This was no. This this was nice. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at wwcreative underscore ish. Uh, and uh, the Patreon this Sunday, we're going to be covering war games, so that's going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Scott, uh, tune into my other podcast on Tuesdays, Garbage Days. We drop it on all of those, you know, podcast platforms. Whatever you listen to this on, you can listen to that on. Uh, also, uh, you know, buy our T-shirt, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. I think a sale still might be going on for Black Friday. I think till the end of the week. I could be wrong about that. If not, just spend the money. What the hell's wrong with you? Follow the rest of these guys on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Total F and Marks on Twitter and Instagram. Go on WrestleZone.com. It's my favorite wrestling website. And tune in 
to Impact Wrestling. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Ask a guy. Ask somebody. On a Reddit thread. Let me say, you guys have the best intro too, by the way, with uh, not you. only the oh, classic yeah, WWE right. song, but the the cringe clips that go throughout it. Like, oh, I want to hear. I want to hear Ultimate Warrior groaning with with uh, Papa Shango blood <laughs> going down his face. That's what I want to hear implemented on there. Uh, maybe we'll add that in. You know, Lex Luger for me was such a fun bad promo. Like him and Billy Gunn, when they when, when Billy Gunn and Lex Luger like deliver a bad promo, like they get really nervous, so they just start like saying their words fast and stumbling o- over. Like they, it's it's like almost they're like like a a, a robot that's short circuiting or something, Zach. <laughs> Wash your hands. Wash your goddamn hands. Hey, Zach, do you have that clip for us? Got a what? You have that Undertaker cameo? Yeah, I'm going to snap in my fingers right now. Here it comes. Now it's playing in post. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, Zach is working heel now. Jesus. Wow. Damn. <laughs> right. Yeah, guys, don't kill yourselves. Listen to the Undertaker. Don't kill yourselves. Have a good one. Uh, they're gonna be our new sign off is don't kill yourself. Don't kill yourself. Yeah, don't kill yourself. Uh, shit. Hello, Johnny. It's the Undertaker from the WWE. And I just wanted to reach out and tell you it's gonna be okay. You just keep waking up every morning and putting one foot in front of the other, and it's all gonna work out eventually. You can do this. I have faith in you. I am now personally invested in you, John. So please, one day at a time, and hopefully one day I'll make it to Brazil and we can meet face to face. Until then, all the best and keep on fighting.